Some of you may not remember the famous advice columnist Ann Landers, but back in the day, she was a pretty big deal. At the height of her popularity, she received more than 10,000 letters a month about people's problems. And once someone asked her, what do you see as, as the biggest issue that people raise in all that mail? And without hesitation, Landers said, fear. People are so afraid. They're so filled with fear. They're afraid of losing their wealth, their health, their loved ones. Some people are so full of fear that it's as if they're afraid of life itself. Well, friends, Ann Lander said that a long time ago, but I think it still holds true today. So many of us are so full of fear, especially this year. Even in this season of Advent, this time of hope, there are so many in our country and around the world who are full of fear. There are people who are afraid of the pandemic, of course, and others who fear violence, some who fear the effects of racism and xenophobia, some who fear a downturn in the economy, being out of work for a long time, being unable to pay bills. And still there are others, friends, who are afraid of politics and politicians. The list is very, very long. There are so many of us who are afraid this year. It seems as if this year we long for hope, more than perhaps ever before. And when we're in this kind of situation, when we are afraid ourselves, when we see fear in our neighbor, I can think of nothing wiser than to turn to the words of Holy Scripture because it is there we will find inspiration and strength and wisdom and hope. In our text this morning, it is the prophet Isaiah who reminds us that even in the darkest of times, the most challenging times, that God is at work for good. God is at work for good, bringing light and life, mercy, peace, hope into our world. Isaiah was speaking to his people, the Hebrew people, at a very dark time in their history. They had lost their homeland and many of their loved ones, and they were living as exiles in a foreign place. They wondered if anything could ever be good ever again. They were afraid about their future. And it's into this context that Isaiah speaks, saying, Look! A shoot shall come up from the stump of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. His greatest delight will be the love and respect of God. Now, Jesse was the father of David, the one the Hebrew people considered to be their greatest king. So what Isaiah is saying is that from the stump of this great kingdom will come a new leader. He will come up as a green shoot. And this new leader will be grounded in the love of God, will reflect the love of God, will rule in mercy and grace and hope and wisdom in peace. He will usher in, in fact, 
the kingdom of peace. Well, we Christians, you see, we believe that the one that Isaiah was talking about is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. God born into our world as a tiny baby, as a tender green shoot. And in him we know that our greatest fears will be comforted and our greatest hope will be realized. This truth that in Christ our fears are comforted and our hopes are realized or fulfilled, well, that's beautifully, beautifully expressed in a a great hymn we sing this time of year, A Little Town of Bethlehem. That hymn was written by Phillips Brooks, who was one of the great preachers of the 19th century. In fact, back in his day, he was known as the prince of the pulpit. I wouldn't mind having that moniker. That's pretty good. The prince of the pulpit. That was Phillips Brooks. Well, in 1865, he went on a pilgrimage to Palestine, and on Christmas Eve, he rode a horse out to Bethlehem up on a hill. He looked out and saw the little town laid out below him in the starlight. And in that moment, he experienced a profound sense of God's holy presence and a profound sense of God's glory. And it made such an impression on him that three years later, as he reflected upon it, he was inspired to write A Little Town of Bethlehem, which contains one of the iconic lines in Christian song. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. What does that mean, friends? It means that in Christ, our fears are quelled because he meets them, he is equal to them, and at the same time, in Christ, our hopes are fulfilled because he exceeds our hope. He meets us right where we are and brings us what we need. And friends, in this year especially, don't we need to know that hope? Trust in him, and you will know that hope that will quell that fear, and it will fill you up because his hope is so powerful that it can enable us to be bearers of that hope out into the world. Do you know that? His hope can empower us to bear witness to the gospel, the greatest hope that there could ever be. And friends, I don't know about you, but in my life, when I've been the most afraid, I found the thing that's helped me the most is to take in that hope of Christ and then turn it outward and share that hope with somebody else. The great preacher Reverend Bill Barber says that when he was growing up in eastern North Carolina, he loved sitting at his grandmother's kitchen table, listening to her sing while she cooked supper. He said she was the best cook in the whole wide world. And of, of course, she always made a plate up for him. But afterwards, Barbara said she often made a bunch of to-go plates 
And then some sisters from the church would come over and they'd wrap them up and still in their aprons, they'd head out into the neighborhood to feed the hungry, to share with those who were sick and shut in. And often as they went out the door, Barbara said his, his grandmother would turn to him and say, well, we're off to hope somebody. Now Barbara said he he did well in English class, he knew his grammar, and he figured his, his, his grandmother's grammar wasn't that good because he knew, he said, that hope wasn't a verb. He wouldn't correct her because he loved her and he respected her as his elder, but he said, you'd never catch me saying I was going to go hope somebody. Well, then years passed, and as an adult, Barbara said he became very, very ill and ended up in the hospital for a long, long time. Laying there in the hospital bed, he said, full of despair, fear. It struck him that his grandmother was a better theologian than he had realized. Because laying there in that bed, he said, so depressed and so afraid. He realized that he needed somebody to come and hope him. That to survive, he needed someone to share that hope so that he might know a revival of hope in his soul. My friends, it is Christ and Christ alone that can comfort our fear. And fill us up with hope in such a way that we can get out there and hope somebody. And that's my prayer for us this year. You see, it's not enough. It's not enough for us just to, to claim our trust, our belief, our hope in Christ for ourselves. Remember, he calls us to love our neighbor. He calls us to reach out to others. So church, my prayer this year is that all of us will commit ourselves to get out there and hope somebody in his name, especially during this dark and difficult time. Will you make that promise in your heart today? That you'll get out there and you'll hope somebody. We can all do it, you know. It doesn't matter how old you are. Call or text or write somebody. Just take a minute to reach out to someone who thinks they're all alone and that no one cares about them. Take a moment to call or text or write somebody who's lost a loved one this year, is suffering during this Christmas season and thinks that nobody, nobody in the whole world understands their grief. When you cook that big meal, make up an extra plate put on your mask and go see that neighbor down the street. Leave it on their porch for them. You can do it safely, but you know the one I'm talking about. The one who's alone, who's eating by themselves, who might be hungry too. Hope them that way. And then you can always share of your financial gifts. Write a check to the San Antonio Food Bank or Haven for Hope or to the ministry of this church. We have a hope center, you know that? Or to Asbury Food and Prayer? 
And in that way, share hope with our neighbors who are struggling, especially this year. And don't forget the power of your words. Words are powerful bearers of hope. So many people right now are caught up in negative talk, hate speech, filling others with fear. Don't join in that. Hope somebody. Speak a word of kindness, of grace, of mercy, of uplift. Share the love of Jesus. Tell somebody his story. You never know. It might be the very first time they know the hope of Christ in their life. Church, get out there, will you? And hope somebody this year, and I promise you that if you will do that, you'll find out something amazing. That while you're doing that, Christ will be hoping you. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for the hope we know in Christ. Empower us, O oh God, to be those who claim that hope and share it with others, especially during this Advent season. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.